Hey, hey, what's going on, everyone? Good morning. Hope everybody's having a great start to the week. Uh, let me know if the audio video is all clear. Just want to make sure that that's taken care of and all is good before I get today's session started. And let me know in the comments who you are, where you're tuning in from. And we'll get this thing started at, at around uh, 11 or so. I know it takes a few seconds, again, for the notification to go out. Actually, let me check if uh, if all looks looks good. Yeah, it looks like the notification did go out. Awesome, awesome. Who's tuning in? Who's tuning in? Let me know in the comments. Let me know who you are, uh, what your title is, what your position is, which city you're tuning in from. And uh, good opportunity to network, folks, right? Good opportunity to network. So make sure you do that. Let me know in the comments, right? Don't, don't be shy. Don't be a silent observer. Make sure you interact with everyone and uh, you might be able to uh, expand your network as well. So let me know in the comments, folks, uh, who you are, where you're tuning in from. And uh, feel free to let me know what you want, what you hope to get out, get out of uh, today's session, right? I'm talking about follow-up today and I'll just give it a few more seconds for uh, the comments to start uh, coming through, coming through. Anybody there at all? Anybody there at all? Or have I, or is uh, is everyone able to see me and hear me? Let me know in the comments and make sure you hit like and and comment and share, folks, so that uh, others in your network interested in this topic can benefit on from what I'm I'm speaking about today as well. Uh, looks like I do have some likes coming in here, and here are the comments. Awesome, awesome. Hima, hey, hey, Hima, nice to see you here. Thanks for tuning in. Paul Winder says, how is market going for quality professionals? Awesome. Thanks for tuning in, Paul Winder. Uh, Grishma says, Grishma, student from McMaster University located in Toronto. Awesome. The six is in the house. Uh, we got Yogesh. Hey, Yogesh, thanks for tuning in. We got my friend Rodney. Awesome. Nice to see you here, Rodney. Appreciate you tuning in. Uh, let me just quickly go live on Instagram as well. Uh, give it a few seconds here. Am I live? Am I live on Instagram? uh yeah keep the uh, keep the comments uh coming folks I'm trying to go live on instagram here uh there we go there we go yeah i think i'm live now hey shout out to everyone on instagram thanks for tuning in uh and yeah thanks to shout out to everyone over here and rodney again shout out to you man hope you're doing great thanks for uh tuning in we got Laylee or lily uh, sorry if i pronounced your name incorrectly we got weldon in the house from toronto service manager office products Awesome. Welcome uh, to today's live stream. Well, and appreciate you tuning in. Uh, we got Telma all the way from South Africa. Wow. South Africa in the house. Thanks for tuning in, uh, Telma. Appreciate your time. Uh, we got Obiora. Sorry if I pronounced your name wrong, uh, my friend. Uh, Kings or, or uh, Kingsley from Montreal. Okay. So so I guess we're going to go by Kingsley. Nice, it's nice to see you here, Kingsley. Appreciate you tuning in. Hey, Sanam, nice to see you here. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We got Anjali. Anjali, thanks for tuning in. We got uh, BT... My friend BT Nandu, hey, how's it going, BT? Hope you're doing great. Uh, I believe all the way from India, so thanks for tuning in. Amit, how's it going? Uh, we got, uh, sorry, sometimes, folks, it doesn't show the name, so apologies for that, but whoever this is, thanks for tuning in. We got Ryan, uh, we got Ryan in the house. Hey, Ryan, good to see you here. Thanks for tuning in. We got Kishan. We got, okay, so Ryan, yeah, Ryan's from Toronto, Canada. Awesome. Sounds good, folks. So what I'm going to be talking about today is the topic of follow-up, right? Uh, this is a somewhat debated topic, uh, at least amongst, you know, 
you know, uh, HR professionals, recruiters, job search coaches in terms of, you know, hey, should we follow up? Should job seekers follow up? Should should people follow up in their job search? Uh, it's like a continuous debate. So so what I want, I wanted to share my thoughts on this today. Right now, before I get to that, I, I just wanted to share with you, for those of you who are not already subscribed, I want you to subscribe to my weekly uh, free job search strategies newsletter. I release a newsletter every week, Monday at 7, 7.30 a.m. Eastern time zone. So if you're not signed up, make sure you sign up. And I'm going to drop the link in the comments. Uh, so make sure you sign up, folks. It's a free newsletter. I, I put out job search strategies every every Monday, 7.30 a.m. And also it's a great way to keep keep uh, keep tabs on, on what I have going on. I have some great collaborations coming up. I'm trying to figure out some new live streams. Uh, again, to keep all of you informed about various aspects of the job search. And also um, I'm, I'm looking to get back my Tech Talks uh, show back in. Uh, so all of you can uh, can you know tune into those as well. So I'm just putting into the comments here for those of you who want to uh, who uh, you know to subscribe to my newsletter, and uh, make sure you subscribe, folks. Uh, free newsletter. I release it every week uh, Mondays at 7:30 a.m. Uh, let me just quickly put that in the comments. Uh, so those of you watching can subscribe as well. Right. And uh, now the other thing is, other, the other heads up I wanted to give to all of you is uh, for those of you who have not gotten a copy of my free PDF, I recently released a free PDF, three killer questions you need to be asking as a job seeker at your interviews. If you don't have if you have not downloaded that and again, it's a free download, uh, I'm going to share the link in the comments for that as well. And then we're going to get this party started. Right? We're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about follow up today. So let me just quickly put that in the comments so you folks can download that and grab a copy of that. Um, and again, for those of you tuning in for the first time, uh, welcome to today's segment. Appreciate you tuning uh, tuning in. And uh, you know, for those of you who don't know, my name is Dean Kulawira. Uh, I originally worked in recruitment for eight plus years. I recently made the switch to IT job search coaching. And although you know, although I say you know IT job search coaching, what I'm what I talk about is pretty much applicable to to any field, right? So, uh, uh, so again, welcome and thanks for tuning in. And, and what I'm speaking about today is again the subject of follow-up, right? Very important topic and, and something that I'm I'm very very passionate about talking about because it's a very very important aspect to your uh, to your job search, right? Follow-up. Now, what do I mean by follow-up? Well, follow-up means uh, basically. And uh, sorry, just a quick note. So, for for those of you folks interested in downloading the free PDF. I put a link in the comments, so make sure you check it out and make sure you download it and uh, check that out. All right. It's a great PDF, a very informative, three killer questions you need to be asking at your job interviews. But going back to today's topic. Right. And uh, and by the way, for those of you tuning in for the first time every week, Wednesdays, I go live 11, 11 a.m. Eastern time zone. I talk about various job search topics and answer your questions live. Uh, I think there was a few more people tuning in. Uh, yeah, sorry, I lost the comments, folks. But in any case, today's topic, follow-up, right? Why is follow-up so important? Like, what, what's the big deal with follow-up? Now, what is follow-up in the first place, right? And what's the point of follow-up? Well, follow-up is basically, uh, and, you know, just to keep things very simple, it's when you, um, uh, firstly, it could happen at various parts of the interview process, right? Follow-up does not just simply occur after you you finish your interviews and after you're done the interview and you're, you know, you're, you're trying to get an update and stuff like that. Follow-up could, could occur anywhere from the first point of contact, folks, all the way through to 
you know, the final offer or, or, or you're, you're, you're following up on the offer negotiations and stuff like that. So firstly, before I get into today's topic, I want all of you to understand is that follow-up can occur at different stages of the recruitment or job search side title, uh, cycle. Sorry. Uh, so it's not just something you do after an interview. This, the follow-up could occur any point from first point of contact through to the offer, the offer stage, right? That's the first thing all of you need to keep in mind. Now, what I'm going to be focusing on today is specifically, why is it even, why is it even important to follow up? Like why bother follow up? Because I know a lot of you watching, your your concern is, I already know what your number one concern is. Your number one concern is, hey, am I going to pester people? Am I going to annoy people? And is it, am I going to lose out on these opportunities uh, if I follow up too much? How do I follow up, Dean, by not coming across as annoying or pestering? Is it going to cost me opportunities if I'm if I'm following up? Let me know in the comments, folks, Is that if that's the way you feel about, about follow-up, because I really need to know that. I re I'm really curious to find out if that's what everyone's viewpoint regarding follow-up is. So let me know in the comments, is, is that your concern about follow-up? Is that why a lot of job seekers are not following up? Let me know in the comments, all right? So what I'm focusing on today, again, is why follow-up? So first thing is, and the first thing I want to bring to everyone's attention as to why follow-up is so important is simply the fact that right now, folks, in the current job market environment we're in, it's highly, highly competitive. It's a highly competitive market that we're in. And follow-up needs to be seen as one of your strategies, one of the strategies in your arsenal in order for you to stand out amongst the competition, right? Because there's so many individuals right now on the marketplace, right? Uh, given this, and, and you know what, guys, I'm not trying to dig up this the negativity regarding, uh, you know, the pandemic and stuff like that. But look, the reality is we are in the midst of one of the worst pandemics or whatever you want to call it in, at least in my lifetime, I've never experienced anything like this before, right? Maybe some of you, you know, who might be, uh, uh, you, who might have had the privilege of living longer than me or have, have experienced something like this similar, but this would be at least in my lifetime, one of the worst pandemics I've ever, I've ever seen, at least in, in my short time on this planet so far, right? So because of all these mass layoffs, right? Mass layoffs going on. A lot of you, uh, unfortunately, have been in, have been in, uh, impacted by these layoffs, right? And that's why you're you're on the market and and uh, looking for employment. So a huge, huge uh, inflow or influx of available talent, right? Now I don't need you don't need to take my word for that. When you folks are applying for opportunities on on uh, you know Indeed on Monster, if you're in the U.S. on Dice, uh, if you're in uh, India uh, for Nokri, I believe. Uh, whatever a monster, right? Workopolis. For those platforms that show you how many applicants are, you're going to see hundreds and hundreds of applicants, right? Hundreds of applicants, and not only not only just on the application stage, but even after you've you've gone for an interview, uh, and the organization just has so much so much inflow of talent, right? So much inflow of of candidates that are interested in working for them, that you can't just depend on one meeting, folks. Right. Just look at it from a statistical standpoint. Right. And I'm no math genius. I'm not saying I'm a math genius or anything, but statistically, does it make more sense for you to depend on just one point of contact, like one, you know, one meeting. Right. And just depend on that, because keep in mind that you're not going to be the only candidate this organization is going to be meeting with folks. Right. You're not going to be the only candidate. That's the reality of the situation. Whether you're you're being represented by a recruiter, whether you're applying directly and you get the interview, you're meeting face to face you are going to be one of many candidates that the organization is going to meet. And uh, it, it only takes a couple of days and a couple of other great candidates for them to completely forget about you. Maybe not completely forget about you, but get distracted by these other, you know, um, um, fantastic candidates they might be meeting as well, right? Because keep in mind right now, there's a, there's a huge uh, amount of talent on the market, 
that you're competing in. So high levels of competition and follow-up will help you stand out. Because here's the thing, most people, most individuals are not going to be following up, folks. Most people in my, and this is based on my experience as a recruiter working in the recruitment industry prior to, you know, this coaching thing I'm doing right now for eight years, I was doing recruiting before. Most, most people, most job seekers do not follow up beyond maybe one or two follow-up contacts. Most people give up after one or two follow-ups, right? So what does that tell you? That tells you, you need to continuously follow up, right? And you need to stay in there. So again, you can stand out amongst high levels of competition, right? Uh, so that's 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 tip number one in regards to why you need to follow up. High levels of competition, high levels of available talent on the market. And one of the ways you can stand out is through strategic follow-up, right? Uh, now I see some comments here. We got Weldon. Weldon says, agree. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for the comment, Weldon. Uh, BT says, just what I needed now very much. Awesome. Uh, happy to hear that, BT. Hope I can help you with today's uh, com uh, topic. And Grishma says, concerned if the recruiter will get annoyed of following up. So look, that's a, so that's a great point, uh, uh, Grishma, right? Now, uh, now before I get into, uh, you know, the remaining reasons why you want to follow up, I did want to address Grishma's concern there because this is a concern a lot of people have, right? And a lot of you might not want to publicly admit it and then put it on in the comments and stuff like that. But a lot of job seekers I find are very concerned. Hey, Dean, look, I just don't want to annoy or bother or pester the person that I'm following up with. Um, and I just don't want to lose out on my chances, right? So this is where folks, and this is goes, this goes back to a previous live stream I did, right? Remember, I, if, for those of you who've been following me for a while, I did a live stream a few weeks back where I talked about making that shift from thinking as a job seeker to thinking and, and positioning yourself as someone who uh, provides a solution and solves the problem. So Grishma, what I want you to do is stop thinking of yourself as a job seeker. The reason why you're concerned that you're going to annoy the recruiter is because you're thinking of yourself as a job seeker as and you're thinking from the standpoint of your need for a job what you need to do is make the mental shift in that you're not a you're not simply a job seeker you're someone that's there to figure out what problem the organization has or what problem the recruiter's client has and you're you're looking to position yourself as someone who can potentially solve that problem so that's the first mental shift folks all of you need to make in in regards to follow-up if you're feeling a little hesitant about follow-up is is because you're thinking about it the wrong way. You're thinking about it from the standpoint of a job seeker and not the standpoint of someone who has the ability to solve a problem for the organization. And potentially a very expensive uh, uh, a problem that the organization is experiencing, right? So think about it this way, Grishma. Like, I'm not sure what your background is, Grishma, but let's assume the organization has like a, a problem and that problem is costing them, I don't know, $100,000, right, per, per year. Still a significant, well, let's say not a year. I, I just, you know, to make it more dramatic, let's make it a $100,000 prob problem uh, that's costing them $100,000 every month, right? Just to be, just to, just to add a little spice to the whole situation. And and they want to, uh, um, you know, hire someone with your skill set, Grisha, uh, with your skill set, Grisha, to come in and solve that problem and, 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 you know, bring a halt to this $100,000 problem per month that they have. And, and you, with your ability to solve the problem, right? And that's the way you need to be positioning yourself uh, uh, is in your follow-up is not as a job seeker, but someone who's cooking, who can really come in and help their client or help the organization with this problem that they have. So when you take follow-up from that standpoint, from that positioning, uh, you're not pestering anyone, Grishma, right? And, and again, folks, this does depend on how you, how you, how you present yourself, how you do your follow-up, the content of your follow-up. You need to do it from the position of someone that's looking to help the organization and help the client, help the recruiter's client, 
versus you just reaching out and saying, hey, I need a job. Can you help me out? Two totally different perspectives, two, two totally different uh, ways of positioning yourself, right? So so hope that helps, Grishma, and keep that in mind. Uh, Rodney says, exactly. Awesome. Uh, thanks, Rodney. Appreciate that. Uh, Rodney says, the best way to be in a mindset of serving the client by taking the focus off ourselves. Yeah, exactly, Rodney, right? So folks, in your follow-up, take the focus away from yourself and your need for, for a job and instead put it on the put it on your your ability to solve a problem and, and help the organization. That's the standpoint you need to be taking. So agree with that, Rodney. Uh, Rajesh says, Dean rightly said, change the perspective to look at the problem, not from a seeker standpoint, but from the employer's standpoint, uh, employee's point of view. Yeah, exactly, Rajesh. And a shout out to Rajesh. Now, nice to see you here. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, pretty much, folks, you got it's that mental shift you got to make, right? So make sure you do that. Uh, Grishma says, yeah, that helps. Awesome. Uh, sounds good, Grishma. All right, awesome. So tip number one, folks, why you need to follow up was, right, and continue with my tips today, high levels of competition. Simply for that reason, you need to be conducting and, and making sure you're following up in order to stand out uh, amidst this high level of competition all of you folks are going to experience as a job seeker right now, right? So, so make sure you keep that in mind. Now, number two reason why, number two reason why you need to be following up, folks, is that uh, not everyone is going to make a decision just based on one meeting, right? And this this is more this more so has to do with not you, but it has to do with the hiring team, right? Or maybe it's the recruiter, maybe it's the HR manager, maybe it's the hiring manager, and the hiring manager could be anyone from the team lead level, manager, director, VP, C level, whoever you met with. If one meeting with you might not be enough, right, for them to feel confident in making a, a decision. Folks, keep in mind that, that, you know, hiring someone is not a simple decision, right? Uh, the individual making the hiring decision is, is taking all the responsibility for making an, an investment in someone, right? Exchanging resources in exchange for talent, your talent. And, and uh, they need to be 100% sure or at least close to 100% sure or, or very certain at least that you are going to be the person or, uh, you know, amongst all those other candidates that they're going to me be meeting with before they make a decision, before they make a final decision. Why? Because they don't want to look, uh, I mean, they don't want to waste company resources, right? Most hiring managers have had the experience in the past of hiring someone, you know, having that trust and faith in them, bringing them on board and just, you know, and that person ends up dis disappointing them or, or screwing up or, or, or uh, misrepresenting themselves and they can't even handle the project, right? Those of you watching who have been hiring managers in the past, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? You're, you're, and the next time you're hiring, you're more hesitant, right? You're more skeptical. You're, you're still not certain. Yeah, you met with a great person in one meeting, but you're thinking about that last time, that, that last terrible situation where you met with someone and, and, you know, they sold you, they seemed great and everything and things didn't work out and you have this uncertainty. Uh, and it's not just that, just some people just require more time to make a decision. Not everyone makes a decision just based on one or two meetings, folks, right? So this is another, uh, uh, you know, uh, I, I guess this is another reason why there's, there's great strategic value in follow-up. Because follow-up, again, allows you to get in front of those people, right? These people who might not be confident in making a decision just based on off one meeting, where you're continuously putting yourself in front of them, right? Getting into communication with them, even opening up further opportunities for, for scheduling a further conversation, right? So you can assuade or dissuade those, those concerns and fears that they might have regarding making a hiring decision, right? So reason number two, folks, is uh, more so not to do with you, but has to do with the decision-making style and, and, and ability 
of whoever it is you met with or, or you know, and, and again, that could be the recruiter, right? If it's the first stage, could be the recruiter, the HR manager, could be the uh, the, hire, the the actual hiring team, right? The, the team lead, the manager, director, VPC level, whatever it is. Not everyone makes decisions in the same way. So follow-up allows you to get yourself back in front of these people, these individuals, these stakeholders in the hiring process. So you have more opportunity, opportunity, opportunity to dissuade their concerns and any doubts, reservations they might have about making a decision, uh, you know, versus all these other candidates that they might be meeting with as well. So this is another, uh, you know, uh, that, this is the other great strategic value of follow-up. So, so, you know, that's number two, folks, right? Now, number three is, uh, again, it's not really has to do with you, but more so has to do with the organization. And that is too many options, right? Uh, a lot of organizations actually, and this is my standpoint as a recruiter, major mistake a lot of organizations make is they meet too many candidates, right? And that's the reality of the situation. And even right now, folks, with this whole pandemic situation going on, I guarantee organizations are like swimming through resumes and trying to figure out who they want to meet and who they don't want to meet. And, and even when they are, you know, scheduling who they want to meet, probably a whole bunch of candidates, right? So a lot of hiring teams are in a state of confusion because there's so many great people out there, right? Obviously, you know, you yourself uh, are probably a great candidate, but there's a confusion as well, right? Because they're meeting with so many great people and they can't make the decision. Uh, so let me, let me, let me, uh, let me share with you this simple analogy, right? And most of you can relate to you. Have you ever been to a restaurant, right? Ever been to a restaurant, you know, maybe, uh, you know, not necessarily fast food, but just any restaurant, right? You're going through the, you're going through the, the, uh, what's it called? The menu, right? And there's just so many menu items. You can't even decide what you want, right? Because there's so many options, right? Let me know in the comments if you've ever, ever experienced this yourself as a job seeker. Uh, sorry, not as a job seeker, but, but sticking to the analogy as someone eating at a restaurant, or you go into a fast food joint, right? There's too many options and you can't decide. You can't make the decision. You're fumbling, you're weighing your options and you just can't decide. Uh, you know, people behind you are getting pissed off and angry. They're like, hey, hey, you know, what's going on here? You're making up your mind or what, mind or what, right? Every, everyone's experienced that at some point. So same thing hiring teams experience, folks, in, in when, there's, when they're, first of all, they're making the mistake and it's not your fault. It's not your fault. This is the organization's mistake. They're interviewing too many people. And this results in the hiring team getting confused because there's too many options, there's too many individuals. And by the way, this is why, as you know, working in the recruitment uh, industry as a, as a staffing agency recruiter, this is why most agencies, when they present candidates to their clients, they they stick to just three or four candidates max, because again, to to prevent this confusion from occurring, and just makes it more difficult for the staffing agency to push forth their candidates, right? Uh, and it's because of this this uh, abundance of of uh, talent out there, right? And, and they're interviewing too too many people. So this is another important reason why you need to be following up. Because again, going back to the fact that most candidates only follow up once or twice. If you keep consistently following up, folks, you get back in front of the client, back in front of the organization, back in front of the recruiter, back in front of the the hiring team. Uh, you're able to maybe have further conversations, right? And and maybe open up more opportunity for you to clarify, uh, further sell your value as a candidate. That just makes it easier for them to make a decision because you help them get more clarity in wading through all the noise, right? All these candidates that they, they're going to meet with and, and all that stuff and position yourself as the one they need, that they need to stick to, right? And think about, the, you know, those, those that, 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 that analogy with the restaurant, right? Uh, when you're at a restaurant, there's so many menu items. What do you do? You probably ask the waiter or the waitress, hey, look, I can't decide. Can you suggest what I can eat, right? 
uh, you know, what I should go with. And then the waiter, the waitress, they're gonna gonna ask you some questions and they're gonna clarify and then, then they're gonna make a suggestion and it's gonna help you make a decision, right? Similar thing you gotta be doing in terms of your follow-up strategy and why you need to be following up um, after your interviews or, or during during the recruitment or, or interview cycle or interview process to, to help the hiring team wade through that confusion and see if you might be the person that they wanna consider moving forward with, right? So that's the other. That's the that's reason number three why why you need to be engaging in follow up, uh, because a lot of hiring teams are in confusion, and you need to be able to again help them with making a decision at least uh, at least from your standpoint, right? Position yourself, right? So so keep that in mind. Uh, so I do see some questions here, folks. So I'm going to get into the questions in the comments uh, shortly. Uh, Sumanjit says, uh, "Hello, Dean. Sorry, I missed the beginning." Yeah, Sumanjit. So what we're so thanks for tuning in. What we're talking about today is follow up. So why should you be following up? Uh, by the way, for those of you tuning in uh, who, who missed out the beginning, the replay should be immediately available after I end the stream. So, so feel free to check out the replay after this is done, and you can check out you know the previous tips I shared as well. Uh, or if anyone wants to help out, help out Sumanjit, uh, let her know in the let, let, let her know in the comments what what have been the tips so far. For those of you who have been taking notes, uh, hopefully all of you are taking notes, right? All right. So tip number four regarding why you need to follow up, folks. Number four, right? This 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 should actually have been number one because I, I this is the main reason why I think all of you need to be following up in your job search, and that is it's more proactive, folks. It's way more proactive. So uh, when you're following up, you're putting yourself at cause, right? You're you're at cause. You're taking action. You're taking the initiative. You're being more proactive. Now, if you're not following up, you're just waiting for a response. What does that do? That puts you in the passive seat, right? You're in the you're not in the driver's seat. You're in the passenger seat. What do passengers do? They wait for things to happen. They, they have no control over where the vehicle is going, wh whether you want to take a left turn or a right turn, or whether you want to stop, you, you know, the stop line and blah, 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 all that stuff. You're not in control. The passenger is never in control, right? The driver is in control. You want to be when you're when you follow up, when you implement a, a good, strong follow-up strategy, you're putting yourself in the driver's seat and you're being more proactive. You're being cause and you're not at, a, at effect. You're, you're cause versus being at effect. So this is probably one of the most imp important reasons why you need to be following up, folks, is because it's more proactive. You're, you're taking action. You're, you're putting yourself back in front of the people. Uh, you're, you're, you're putting yourself back in front of uh, your points of contact, right? It's more proactive versus you waiting for a response. You're just sitting back waiting, you know, crossing your fingers, uh, you know, fingers crossed waiting for a response. No, I don't want you crossing fingers, folks. I want you to be proactive, right? And and, and, I, and again, I do see some questions. I'm going to get to the questions shortly uh, from, uh, from Sumanjit as well as Tarun. Um, so hang tight, guys. I'm going to get to the question shortly, all right? But tip number four is it's more proactive, right? Now, tip number five, uh, tip number five, and this is the this is the final tip I want to share with you in regards to why you need to be following up. Tip number five is everything else being equal, right? Between you and uh, other candidates competing for the same role, everything else being equal. So let's say you have the same skill set, same uh, salary expectations, same rate expectations, same project experience, same industry experience. Let's assume everything else is pretty much equal, right? The role will go to the candidate displaying the most level of interest and enthusiasm. Sorry, excuse me the most level of interest and enthusiasm for the position, right? So again, everything else being equal, the candidate showing the most interest and the most enthusiasm for the role will be given uh, more consideration for the position. Now, why is that? Because from the organization's standpoint, that's the ideal That's the ideal candidate, right? Someone who has the skill set fit, has the experience, has the knowledge required, has all of that stuff, 
and and is the most interested is the most interested the most enthusiastic the most excited about the opportunity right and follow up as a strategy allows you to show that interest and then and that enthusiasm for the position and if you're not making use of that it might go to someone else who is folks right keep that in mind just because you're not following up don't think someone else is not following up so you need to be and this is the fifth reason why you need to be following up is simply so that you can separate yourself and present yourself consistently as someone who's who's been a consistent present, who has uh, you know interest, enthusiasm, and again, uh, you know who's really committed to uh, to doing their best in, in getting this opportunity with this organization, right? So that's the fifth tips, folks, and this is this is why you all of you need to be following up in your job search, right? So I'm going to go with the tips real quick. Uh, so tip number, so reason number one why you need to follow up is number one. High levels, high levels of competition right now, right? Especially right now in the job market because of the, the abundance of available talent right now, high levels of competition. So follow-up allows you to get yourself back in front of the, 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 the your point of contact. Again, could be the recruiter, hiring manager, HR manager, whoever it is, so that they don't forget about you. Because keep in mind, they have so many other people that they, they have to deal with and who, are, who they're interviewing, whose applications they might be viewing, whose resumes they might be viewing. Follow-up ensures and allows you to stand out and make sure that they remember you and they keep you top of mind, right? Or top of mind up here, right? Now, reason number two is not everyone, not all hiring teams, not all hiring managers make decisions quickly. So follow-up allows you to, to adjust to their decision-making process and their decision-making timeframe so that while they're in the process of making a decision and, and until they ultimately make a decision, you are a consistent presence. You're constantly in front of them, right? And, and you're you're there. They remember you. Again, you're top of their mind. Reason number three is the reason why you need to follow up is there's simply so many options for organizations right now, right? So many candidates and most organizations make the mistake of interviewing too many people and they're in a state of confusion. They don't know who to go with. Should they go with this person, that person? Should they go with you? So follow up allows you to be, again, be that consistent presence. Keep putting yourself in front of them so that, you know, you're you're the most visible person. Uh, you know, in regards to the opportunity. Reason number four, why you need follow-up is it's more proactive, right? I want you folks to be more proactive. I don't want you to be passive, waiting for things to happen and waiting for things to come for you. Being proactive, you know, initiating a follow-up strategy puts you in control, puts you in, uh, puts you in taking the initiative, puts you at cause versus being at effect. You want to be at cause, not effect. You want to be proactive, not reactive, right? Uh, and tip number five is, look, everything else being equal, the role will go or the hiring team will give preference to whoever has the most interest and enthusiasm for the position, right? Everything else being equal, right? Assuming you have all the skill sets, experience, you're a strong fit for the role, salary, compensation, all of that is good. The role will go to the person with displaying the most amount of interest and enthusiasm for the role, right? So those are the five reasons why, folks, you need to be you need to be uh, incorporating follow-up as, as a strategy into your job search, right? Very important. So hope these tips helps. I'm going get to get up to the questions now. And if, if, uh, if any of you have any additional questions regarding follow-up, I'm happy to answer them right now. So I'm going to go over the, the questions right now. And let me know in the comments if you found this helpful. If you did find it helpful, make sure you hit like, make sure you comment, let me know, and make sure you reshare with your network as well. I want to make sure I'm, I'm helping other people who I might not know in your network who might be uh, who might benefit from this information, right? So uh, let, I'm going to get to the questions now. Anyone has any questions, by the way, put it in the comments. Uh, okay, so BT says, uh, can we consider the position a company is hiring for is actually the problem the company is facing 
and we pitch in how we can resolve or maybe we say I am right fit for it. Yeah, so, uh, so let me read your question there again, BT. So can we consider the position a company's hiring for is actually the problem the company's facing? And we pitch in how we can resolve or maybe we say I'm right fit for it. Yeah, so what basically, folks, what BT is saying is, look, can the fact that this company is looking for, for someone, like, you know, hiring at this time be the problem in, in and of itself? Yeah, absolutely, BT, right? Good point. I mean, uh, the you know, companies hire for different reasons, folks. So, BT, my, my advice to you on this is it de this depends on your previous conversation with your point of contact, right? Whoever it is, the recruiter, the hiring manager, whoever your point of contact is. On that initial conversation, you need to be getting information about why they're looking to hire, what the, what the core problem areas are. And that's how you need to be positioning yourself in your follow-up, right? Uh, and, and there's again, there's many reasons why organizations want to hire, right? Maybe someone left the team and they need to replace that person. Maybe someone got promoted and there's 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 a you know there's an available opportunity now and, and there's an empty space there. They need someone in that role. Maybe uh, they have a sudden influx of new business. They can't keep up with customer demands, so they need someone in this new role to who can step in and you know uh, kick things off right away. So there's many reasons why, folks. So how you position yourself for your follow-up depends on why they're looking to hire. So absolutely, BT, it depends on why they're looking to hire, and that's how you should be really appealing to them uh, in your follow-up, right? And, and, and that's, that's, that's what you need to be getting to, not the fact that you're looking for an update or you need a job and stuff like that. Put the focus on the organization and how you can help the organization. So that should be the focus of your follow-up, BT. So yeah, uh, definitely a good point there. Thanks for, uh, for, uh, for your comment, BT, and tuning in. So Sumanjit had a good question. So Sumanjit said, hey, how frequently should we follow up? Once a week? Yeah, so great question, Sumanjit. So my, my follow-up strategy, folks, goes as such, right? In the first month of contact, right, whoever your point of contact is, it should be a, a weekly follow-up, once a week. Month two should be every other week, every two weeks, right? Not every week, every two weeks. Month three should be month three and onwards, once a month and onwards. Well, once, once a month, uh, you know, from month three onwards. Now, some of you might be thinking, Dean, what's the point of following up after a month? Folks, this is where follow-up is an extremely powerful strategy. I have advised this, uh, you know, I have advised people, uh, you know, some of you who have followed me to, to uh, you know, do implement this follow-up and do it, you know, don't just depend on just, you know, uh, one or two follow-ups, but to keep doing it. I've had people tell me, hey, Dean, you know what, I, I, I kept following up and then, you know, after six, seven months, the organization, they, they had some internal issues. They cleared it up and, and they wanted to speak to me because I was the first person they, they thought about because I've been the one who's been following up with them. And, and that individual uh, got the job. Now, I'm not saying this is going to happen 100% of the time, folks. I'm not. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is it's a strategy that you need to be carrying out over a period of time. So Sumanjit, month one, I want you to follow up once a week, every week. Month two, every other week, right? Every two weeks. And month three, once a month. Uh, from that point onwards, right? So, so once a month from month three onwards, uh, because when you follow up every week, the first month, you, you become a familiar face and a familiar name to them. They remember, they know who's, they know who Sumanjit is, right? Month two, you want to drop that down to once every two weeks, right? Because you, you're going to give this a lower priority and put your focus on those other hot opportunities you're pursuing. And then month three, you're, you're putting it down to once a month. Again, you're reducing the priority level because you want to put your focus on the hot opportunities, the new opportunities. And, uh, you know, keep it at that. But but at the same time, you're being a consistent presence and you're still putting yourself in front of them, Sumanjit. So that's my suggestion to you. Hope that helps. Great question. Uh, Tarun says, Sumanjit, uh, if the position got filled up within a week, in that case, what next? Uh, okay, so, so I guess, uh, Tarun, what you're saying is if the position got filled up within a week, 
in that case, what else? What next? Yeah, I mean, obviously, if the position is filled, folks, I mean, there's no point in really following up uh, with them about an opportunity that's already already been filled, right? Now, that being said, if you feel it's an organization that might have a lot of, uh, you know, needs and requirements and projects going on, uh, or maybe it's a staffing agency, right? Your, your point of contact is a recruiter and they might have other potential roles for you, then absolutely, you want to still keep in touch with them. You want to still follow up and make sure that you are top of their mind, right, when something does come up. So even though the position has filled, if you assess that, yeah, there might be other opportunities, you still want to keep putting yourself in front of them so that you're the first person they think about when something does come up, right? So great question, Tarun. Hope that helps. Uh, Sumanjit said, that is my next question. Thanks for bringing this up. Yeah, so I guess I kind of answered that, Sumanjit. Uh, Tarun says, we have to be more than uh, we have to be more than proactive. Yeah, absolutely, Tarun. Completely agree with you. You have to be proactive to such a degree that you are pretty much like a force to be reckoned with, right? That you're like you're a consistent presence. You're always putting yourself in front of the hiring team and the hiring managers, right? So uh, definitely agree with you on that, uh, Tarun. Uh, Priya says, most often the hiring manager gives the interviewer a timeline. Do you mean to say we have to follow up before the timeline itself? Yeah, so Priya, my response to that is the best way to set up your follow-up is to establish the, the timeline at the interview itself. Now, there are some interview cycles where things are very strict, where they have a clear timeline, like, like what you're talking about, Priya, where they say, okay, Okay, Priya, so this is going to be the timeline. This is when we're going to give you an update. This is what's going to happen, blah, 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 all that stuff. So that's great. Uh, so you need to stick to that timeline. But what I want you to do, Priya, when they tell you the timeline is to let them know that you will be reaching out to them for an update at that timeline, whatever that timeline is. So maybe they say, hey, Priya, so, you know, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. So we're going to give you an update uh, within, uh, I don't know, seven days. Then you should say, hey, Mr. And Mrs. Hiring Manager, I totally get that. Appreciate you giving me, giving me the heads up on that. So just to let you know, um, uh, I understand that the, you, you're going to give me an update uh, within the next uh, seven days. So what I'm going to do, Mr. And Mrs. Hiring Managers, I'm going to actually reach out to you on day seven to get an update from you. Uh, does that, uh, you know, is that fine? Or, or you know, uh, how can I best reach you to get that update? Do you have an email address? Would you like me to call you? How would you like me to follow up with you? And they'll let you know, right? So you got to establish the follow-up timeline, folks, at the interview when they're meeting with them, or if it's a phone call on the phone call, if it's a video, you know, interview, it's at the video interview. You have to set the set the stage for follow-up so that they they are aware they're expecting you to follow up, right? So then it's not going to be like, okay, you're just pestering them or something like that. They already know that you gave them a heads up that you're going to be following up with them, right? So so keep that in mind, all right, Priya, and then uh, thanks for your comment there. Great question. Gaurav says, follow-up shows the passion and zest you have for the position. Yeah, exactly, Gaurav. Very important, right? Very important to uh, to show that enthusiasm, that passion, and that interest, right, in the in the opportunity and the company. Uh, Gaurav says, yeah, rock on, Dean, on confusion part. I have seen manager interviewing for months, so many candidates, and at the end, he was not sure. Yeah, exactly, Gaurav, right? I mean, this is such a such a major mistake a lot of organizations make, and I see it, I've seen it all the time. As a recruiter in the staffing agency, right? They're, they're interviewing like a whole bunch of people and they end up confused, right? This is the, one of the biggest mistakes that uh, organizations make is interviewing too many people, right? Now that's a topic for a whole nother story. I'm actually looking to start another live, uh, live, uh, another live stream for the recruitment side of things, right? And it's, it's gonna be, more, it's probably be more and more interesting for maybe recruiters or HR professionals or hiring managers. Uh, but, but you folks are most welcome to tune in when I, when I introduce that live stream as well. Uh, but stay tuned for announcements on that. But yeah, absolutely, Gaurav, totally, right? I mean, it's, it's uh, they introduced the confusion themselves by by interviewing too many people. So uh, thanks for your comment, Gaurav. 
Uh, Weldon says, thank you. I'm going to follow up today on my last interview. Awesome, Weldon. All the best on that. And, uh, you know, all the best. And, and uh, you know, keep us posted, I guess, on the, on the next live stream, how that, how that went. Uh, Gorov mentions, some jobs mentioned that we should reach out by call or email. Wouldn't that hurt our chances to get an interview call? Also, this might not be related, but when a recruiter, recruiter says keep in touch, does that mean follow up uh, with that about our job search? Okay, so the first part of your question, Gaurav, some jobs mentioned that we should. Uh, so I'm not sure, Gaurav, if you meant to say should not, because if it says you should reach out by call or email, yeah, you definitely should reach out, right, by call or email. Um, wouldn't that hurt our chances to get an interview call? Yeah, so two things about, so two things regarding this, Gaurav, right? I have, uh, uh, you know, when you work in recruitment, when you work in the staffing agency, right, there's always, you know, hiring managers, recruiters, and, and uh, organizations that say, hey, you know, don't reach out by phone or email, blah, 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 whatever. Now, if you do reach out by phone or email, will that will that affect your chances? With some people, yeah, it might, right? Uh, so, that, so that brings me to the second point. Second thing is you should not be reaching to just one, one particular person at the organization. You need to multiply your chances, right? So don't just reach out to one person. If you're going to be phoning, if you're going to be emailing, reach out to multiple people within the organization. And the other thing in regards to that is don't depend on just a handful of opportunities. If you have an abundance of opportunities to consider, Gaurav, I guarantee you won't be worried about one organization being upset just because you gave a phone call or an email. And by the way, organizations out there saying don't phone and don't email, it's just ridiculous. Sorry, like uh, not, not to offend any organizations out there, but it's just ridiculous why you would be offended that, that, that a job seeker or a candidate would reach out to you by phone or email. Like I understand the high volume things, you're probably getting a lot of, you don't want a high volume of phone calls, but uh, if someone has the ability to solve whatever problem your organization has, why would you not want to speak to them, right? And, and, and assuming that they're able to, to call you or email you, you have that discussion and they, they demonstrate the ability to solve the problem you're experiencing at your organization, how does that hurt you, right? Worst case scenario, let it go to your voicemail then, right? Fair enough, but, uh, but for you to get upset at people calling your organization and then emailing you, I mean, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, I mean, seriously, like, uh, but, but Gaurav, yeah, I hope that, hope that answers your question, Gaurav. So yeah, some people might get offended by that, right? Some people might get annoyed, but that doesn't mean you should not do it. So if you don't want a phone call, at least send an email, right? Send an email introduction and keep your pipeline full of other opportunities so that you're not dependent on just one or two organizations that might have some ridiculous, you know, policies about, you know, not accepting emails from people or, or ruling people out just because they sent you an email, right? So hope that helps Gaurav and, uh, the second part of your question, uh, when a recruiter says keep in touch, does that mean follow up with them about our search? Uh, so, so when a recruiter says keep in touch, it usually means keep in touch uh, for opportunities I'm, I'm recruiting on that might be a fit for you. So uh, if they frequently recruit on your skill set, Gaurav, absolutely, you should keep in touch. Let them know you're on the market. Remember, a recruiter's primary concern, folks, is for what they're actively recruiting on and, and also for positions they frequently recruit on in the future as well. So that's why that's what that's why you need to be uh, you know keeping in touch and, and keeping them updated, and the extent to which a recruiter can help is dependent on what they're actively recruiting on, right? So hope that helps, Gaurav, and uh, great uh, great questions there, uh, great guidance as always, Dean. Thanks for sharing this. Hey, no worries. I'm not sure who put that comment. Unfortunately, you know, link uh, this thing doesn't always show the name of the people, but uh, thanks for the feedback and, and happy to hear that you uh, you enjoyed the session and you got value out of it. So Rodney, my friend Rodney says, one way to approach pro, uh, proactivity is to have the mindset like we would do would do dealing with a, an attacking predator, like a tiger or an army of snakes in a jungle. Take action. 
We cannot hide forever. There has to be a point of attacking, taking action. It is the same way with follow-up. We must take action as if our lives depend on it. Rodney, well said. That that was a 10x response right there, my friend. Absolutely, completely agree with you. It's about being, being proactive, folks. You got to take the action, right? Now, uh, Rodney obviously gave a, a, a great analogy there. And that's the whole purpose of, of uh, follow-up. You need to be in attack mode. Now, now, we're not attacking anyone, obviously. I don't want anyone attacking people or, or you know, being, being uh, you know, what is it? Uh, uh, what's the what's the word? I'm, I'm losing my words. Uh, what's the term? Uh, antagonistic. You're not trying to be antagonistic or anything like that. What you're doing is you're you're being proactive. You're 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 taking action, right? Just like Rodney's saying. So great, great comment there, Rodney. Completely agree with you. And uh, let's see here. BT says, "Thank you, Dean. I will change my approach accordingly." Yeah, sounds good. Uh, BT, keep us updated on that. Uh, Tarun says, "After following up one month, I get no response from recruiter. You were technically not fit for the role." Is that fair answer from the recruiter side? Yeah, Tarun, it could be, right? It could be simply that you weren't a uh, technical fit for the role. Or it could be something else, right? Folks, the reasons that they give you for why they don't want to proceed with you, do not take it at face value. Do not assume that that's the real reason, right? Let me say that again. Do not assume that every response you're going to get in terms of feedback is going to be the actual reason why they don't want to move ahead with you, right? It could be something that they, they don't want to mention because they don't want to offend you. Maybe you sucked at the interview. Who knows, right? I'm not, not saying you you are turned. I'm just giving an example, right? Uh, if you didn't do well at the interview, maybe you you didn't explain something really well. Maybe uh, maybe you you kept cutting them off. You kept interrupting the interviewer, and the hiring manager got got upset about that, and they said, "Hey, we never want to see this candidate again." Your recruiter point of contact is probably not going to give you that feedback because they don't want to offend you. They don't want you to get upset at them. Right, because most people get defensive when they get honest feedback a lot of times, right? And and that doesn't mean uh, you know I'm not saying you, I'm not talking about you personally, Tarun, because obviously I don't think we've ever met or spoken. But I'm saying not all the feedback you're gonna get, folks. And the point I'm trying to make is not all the feedback you're gonna get from the recruiter, from the organization in terms of feedback, is gonna be the actual reason why they decided to pass on you. So you know, saying that you were not technically uh, not a technical fit for the role could be there could be the reason, right? Could be the reason, Tarun, but it might have been something else. You never know, right? So, so unfortunately, you might not always be getting the the same the, the actual specific feedback, right? So now, if you keep getting these responses, right? They, you you keep getting rec recruiters saying, "Hey, uh, you weren't a right fit for the role," or or and you keep hearing that over and over again from organizations, from recruiters, and you know hiring managers and stuff like that. That's when you need you need to take a look at, hey, what's happening here. Is this really the reason or, or is there something else going on? Is this something I'm doing at the interview that's making these organizations not want to move forward with me? And they're just saying this because they don't want to tell me the actual reason, because they don't want to offend me or something. So so keep that in mind, Tarun, right? It's not always the, the actual feedback you're going to get. And not just Tarun, for everyone else out there. It's not always going to be the actual feedback. The actual feedback could be something else, but they don't want to tell you what it is because they don't want to offend you, Right. Because every recruiter, every hiring team, every hiring manager has experienced giving honest feedback and the candidate getting upset and pissed off. And in some cases, like, you know, seeking legal action and stuff like that. I don't know. Like, it's crazy. Like, I've experienced this as a recruiter in the past where I provided honest feedback. The candidate couldn't take the feedback. They got offended. You know, their ego got in the way and they got upset. Now, I, you know, that doesn't matter to me because uh, the way I operate, it's, it's my responsibility to provide feedback whether, you know, whichever way the candidate takes it, right? That's me. But not all recruiters, not all, you know, uh, 
points of contact hiring managers are going to have the same attitude. A lot of people, they're going to experience that negative experience once and they're never going to do it again. Right. So just keep that in mind, folks. All right. But uh, but great, uh, great question there, Tarun. Sumanji says, thanks, Dean. Hey, no worries, uh, Sumanji. I uh, hope, hope that was helpful. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Sashaya says, uh, I guess that's thank you. All right. Awesome. Awesome. So thanks. Uh, well, you're welcome, Sashaya. I'm, um, I'm, I'm not sure if that's what you meant, but uh, uh, you're welcome. Rodney says, in other words, the will to survive. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, Rodney. For sure. Uh, Gaurav says, shouldn't. Yeah, okay. Okay. No worries. Uh, Priya says, thanks, Dean. Hey, no worries, Priya. Uh, appreciate your comment. Uh, Rodney Ronquillos, uh, uh, BT says, Rodney couldn't simplify more than this. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great example, right? Uh, Gaurav says, but is it okay to ask for honest feedback after the interview to improve yourself? Yeah, absolutely, Gaurav. And actually, folks, what you can do if you, you know, again, set the expectation up front, right? Set the ex expectation up front. When you're in the initial stages of your conversation, right, with your recruiter, with your point of contact, the hiring manager, let them know up front, right? So let's say I'm the recruiter, Gaurav, right, and, and you're dealing with me. And let's say I'm, I'm about to present you for this role. So you can say, hey, Dean, you know what? Um, you know, it's great that you're going to present me for the role and, you know, appreciate blah, 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 whatever. And then you can say, uh, now, Dean, I, I did want to let you know that regardless of what happens with this opportunity, whether the feedback is positive or negative, well, you know, whatever their feedback is, uh, can I count on you, Dean, to give, provide me with the honest feedback? I know as a recruiter, you probably sometimes experience, you know, candidates not taking the feedback positively. I just want to let you know, Dean, that's not going to be my reaction. Uh, I want to know exactly what I'm not doing well or, or, or why the organization does not want to move ahead with me so that I can make improvements to myself and therefore improve my chances of getting a job elsewhere if this opportunity does not work. So can I count on you, Dean, to provide me with honest feedback, whether that feedback is negative, positive, or, or even potentially offensive? I'm happy to deal with that. I'm open to dealing with that feedback. Can you provide me with the feedback, Dean, whatever that is? Right. So if you do that, Gaurav, it sets the expectation up front. Right. And the recruiter who, or whoever your point of contact is, they'll probably feel more conf comfortable sharing with you the feedback, especially if it's negative feedback or, or feedback that might be potentially offensive. So if you set that expectation up front, I'm not saying everyone's going to you know, agree to that and, and do that, but it increases your chances of, of them giving you honest, open feedback on the opportunity. Right. So I uh, hope that helps, Gaurav. And great question there. Uh, looks like that's all for questions, folks. So look, hope everybody had a great, um, uh, you know, got some great information out of today's session. Uh, Gaurav says, thank you. Yeah, no worries, Gaurav. Uh, so hope everyone got some great information. If you did, make sure you hit like, make sure you comment, make sure you share. Uh, and remember, mark your calendars every Wednesday, 11 a.m. Eastern time zone. I go live right here um, uh, on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Shout out to everyone on Instagram. I don't I don't have much of a strong Instagram following, by the way. So, hey, I'm trying to build my Instagram. So, folks, follow me on Instagram. I, I, I'm trying to build up my following on there. Let's not even talk about TikTok. I'm, I'm failing miserably at TikTok right now. I can't figure it out, but I'm still trying, all right? So, hope this information was helpful. Again, Wednesdays, 11 a.m. Eastern time zone. Uh, <clears throat> Wednesdays, 11 a.m. Eastern time zone. Feel free to tune in. And, uh, and and I'm talking about various job search topics, all right? So thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, looks like we do have some... Uh, uh, looks like we do have some uh, additional questions here. So before I sign off, Laquinda says, but wouldn't that put me in a place where, where HR would think that I'm not a fit after all? No, not at all, Laquinda. You're just setting the setting the stage for, for the relationship, right? You're letting them know what your expectations are if the feedback is negative, right? If, if, if they do happen to feel that after interviewing you, they feel that you're not the right fit, would uh, 
you know, would they be providing feedback? So no, that's not going to put you in a position where, where you're saying, oh, well, I don't, uh, you know, I don't have, I'm, I'm not the right fit or anything like that. You're just setting the expectations, look, we know that, okay, after I, after, you know, the interview or, 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 you know, for the remainder of the process, Mr. or Mrs. HR person, uh, can you, I just want to let you know, I'm very open to receiving feedback, positive or negative, that'll help me improve my chances in my job search. And uh, I just want to want to want to find out from you if you can provide me with that feedback. And I wanted to assure you that I'm going to take that feedback positively and make adjustments in my search. Right. So that's what you do in Lock Window. It shouldn't affect that. Uh, Poya says, before you go, I just have to say my team member was listening to you right now and told me you gave her so much energy. <laughs> OK, awesome. Awesome. I'm happy to hear that, Poya. I appreciate your comment. And uh, I'm happy to do that. Hey, if I can pump you guys up for your job search, I'm happy to do that. But. But folks, look, uh, and appreciate that comment, uh, Poya, and, and, and uh, let your teammate know I, I said thanks for that. But look, folks, I don't want to just pump you up. I, wanna, I want you folks to take action, right? That's the most important component. If you feel energetic, you feel pumped up, that's great. But I want you to go out there, go out to the marketplace and take action, all right? That's the most important part. Uh, Tarun says, thanks. No worries, Tarun. Uh, Poya says, so she has created the best post ever so far. <laughs> awesome. Sounds good, Poya. Appreciate that. Uh, we got, uh, thanks Dean. No worries. You're welcome. Gaurav, very informative. No worries, Gaurav. Uh, appreciate everyone's feedback and, uh, <laughs> Dean gives, okay. I appreciate that for you. I appreciate that, my friend. Uh, and, uh, Laquina said, thanks for the perspective. Yeah, no worries. Laquina. All right, folks. So thanks so much. And, and by the way, for those of you who have not subscribed to my newsletter, send me a direct message. I'll send you the link on how to subscribe. And again, uh, every Monday, 7.30 AM, I release a weekly newsletter email strategy for your job search. And Wednesdays, 11 a.m. Eastern time zone, I go live right here and share job search tips and advice uh, that, that you can apply to your job search. All right, so everyone have a fantastic day. Hey, stay positive. Keep taking action. Confront the marketplace, folks. Be proactive. Be a force to be reckoned with. Don't give up. Push forward. Keep taking action. Keep putting yourself in front of the, in front of the organizations you want to work for. Keep following up. Incorporate follow-up into your strategy. All right, have a, have a good one, everyone. Have a good day.